I really love collaborating with people because yeah. I think that's the beauty of working with human beings. Everyone, like you said in the beginning, we all have our own ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. We all have different uh, uh, ways of, of doing things. And so allowing someone to do as they see fit yeah. so that we can get to the same goal, I think that's where collaboration comes in. Welcome to Our Faith Journey, a podcast that focuses on how to find joy and purpose in an abundant relationship with Christ. My name is Gerald Cheng, and I've noticed that most Christians today struggle to develop a personal connection with God. This podcast will share practical ways on how to foster a relationship with Christ so that you can experience lasting joy. Well, welcome to the 11th episode of the show and the fourth part of the Outer Life series. This series addresses how we, as Christians, learn how to interact with those around us. Other believers play a vital role in our faith journey, but of course they bring about various challenges. So, this series will address these challenges and more. For the past three weeks, we've addressed friendships, church, and caring for others. And this week, we tackle a topic I think all of us have experienced, conflict. You know, someone told me a powerful quote, and I'm paraphrasing here, so... At the root of all wars is a conflict of ideas between two people. And it's crazy, you know, to see how a conflict can turn from a war of words into a war of weapons and mass destruction. Now, having said that, I don't think we experience a lot of conflicts that end up becoming the root of World War III. But we all experience conflicts, and conflicts have consequences. Broken families, broken hearts, broken homes, broken friendships, broken societies. So, when we encounter situations of conflict, because they will come, how can we navigate these situations in order to prevent brokenness and pain? Well, in this episode, I interview Chaplain Matthew Hanliti about how we as Christians can approach conflict in a godly manner. We talk about the five different conflict management styles and, and when you should use them and when you should not use them. Also, we break down some examples of conflicts in order to provide practical advice that you can use when you face a situation of conflict. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Chaplain Matthew. So, uh, this is the second episode of the show where I'm actually recording here in Malaysia, Penang, with none other than Chaplain Matthew Hunledi. Is that correct? Hunledi. I, I, I butchered it. Not on purpose, by the way. <laughs> Make you feel better. Chaplain Matthew, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much um, for having me. Uh, yeah, dude, just tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, what you're doing, where you're from, and yeah. Um, for a starter, I'm from, uh, how do you say? I'm from West Africa. Okay. Uh, specifically from Togo. I was born there. No, what am I saying? I wasn't born in Togo. <laughs> I was born in Guinea, but uh -huh. I'm from Togo, so... Uh, and I spent most of my life there, decided to come over to Asia for studies, and that's where I found my wife. And uh, long story cut short, we are now in Malaysia serving here, um, chaplain of the nursing college. Chaplain of the nursing college of where? Oh, this is Adventist College of Nursing. Uh, Adventist College of Nursing and Health Sciences in Penang, Malaysia. 
Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I happened to meet Chaplain Matthew because I am volunteering at Penang Adventist Hospital, and uh, he uh, prevented me from being lonely in the cafeteria. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but I won't let him pay for my meal. So <laughs> I wouldn't let you do that either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just uh, get into it. Uh, but before we dive into the topic, let's start with defining what conflict is. So. Chaplain Matthew, what is your definition of conflict? Oh, conflict. Um, I, I see conflict as a clash of ideas, hmm. a clash of methodology, uh, when people can't agree on doing something the same way. Yeah. That's when clash happens. Hmm. So if, you, if there can be a merging of ideas and, and, and ways of doing things, that's when clash happens. So if you would like to ask me, what is clash? That conflict? Clash. That's the word. Mm, conflict equals clash. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think all of us will experience that and have experienced that, whether mm. it's, it's family or work or church or a it's prone to happen because you know we all think differently therefore we're going to act differently mm -hmm. and um in these moments of clashing ideas unfortunately a lot of hurt can result right and so it's it's a complicated topic when we talk about conflict i'm sure like maybe what emotions come to your mind when you hear the word conflict oh i think of uh i feel hurt uh, i can mm. i can feel the hurt because uh, i can remember some times when i have had conflicts with people that yeah. are dear to me. And uh, what I can remember is the pain, you know, uh, saying things that are not nice and you just get hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this on the series that we're on, The Outer Life, because uh, I think as a Christian, it's very important to know how we approach conflict, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. how do we deal with situations because uh, people are people. You know, and people are people are sinful, and we all fall short in some ways. So, um, I really liked this model that I've learned about. It's like the five conflict management styles, and so I wanted to break down each of them with you, and kind of like talk along them with listeners, mm -hmm. and just give like an idea of how these styles can be helpful. So, off the top of my head, they are uh, avoidance, um, accommodation, uh, compromise collaboration and uh competition yes. so we're going to start with the first one uh avoidance so uh what what is avoidance in conflict it's it's basically when you you know something is wrong and you you just try your best not to to think about it like you you push it under the carpet, just leave it there. Mm. Uh, you don't want to get into any sticky situations or you just pretend you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just, just keep it there. Mm. And when we hear that, sometimes it's like, oh, you're kind of like avoiding the elephant in the room, you know, type mm -hmm. thing. But I think there are some times that avoidance is helpful. So maybe give an example, maybe from your life or just a general example of when avoiding a conflict was the best uh, choice to make? Um, trying to think of a, a, a story, but <laughs> that, that would be hard to, to, to pull out. Okay, let's see. I, I think when you both, both people are trying to achieve a certain goal, mm. um, 
like I said earlier, conflict is clashing methodology and ideology and all that. Mm -hmm. And so I want to reach a certain goal. And because we don't have the same ideas, we, we, we just can't work together. But then avoidance comes in very um, handy when the goal is very important to me. Mm. And I know it's important to you as well. Mm. We may have different ways of going about it. Right. So I, 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 will, I will rather not deal with the issue so that we can achieve the goal. Ah, I see what you're you saying. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like choosing not to bring something up because you kind of know what that will entail, right? Like, um, I'm sure you might know of, or we might know of friends that some areas are sensitive. Mm -hmm. Like for example, politics, okay? Mm. And for me, I recognize that I'm not gonna talk about politics with my parents because we both know we disagree mm. and we both know that the conversation probably won't be fruitful. So mm -hmm. I choose to avoid that conflict. <laughs> <laughs> That's the yes, example yes. that just came to my yes. head. So uh, I won't say what political view just for the sake of confidentiality all right let's yes. let's continue uh, <laughs> let, let's talk about accommodation um what what is accommodation um what i've come across is uh, you accommodate because um someone in high authority or someone who's the expert in the matter knows how to go about certain things uh has an idea yeah right and so because you are not so comfortable in the topic, in the subject, you, you don't know how, you are not the expert, you don't know how to go about things, but you have a, somehow an idea of how yeah, to yeah, do yeah. things. And so um, I, I will push back, I will just chill and let the person in authority deal with the problem or present the, the solution to whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's how I see accommodating, like mm. you just, let the person run the show yeah yeah and yeah. you follow and in like a very one sentence thing uh if a conflict's between two parties you mm -hmm. and the other person they mm -hmm. win and you lose mm -hmm. you know yes um and for sometimes it's like oh man like some of us we we want to win every conversation <laughs> <laughs> win every our ideas are always right right mm -hmm. so when is accommodation helpful like you mentioned about um a boss situation but how about let's just say a friend or a family or you know when when would accommodation be useful so when i think of accommodating someone is it it's more like um just give you an example my wife and i we, we have a kid he's just five months old right Aww. so deciding what he's gonna wear to go out that's most of the time something we have to deal with because <laughs> like I have a different sense of fashion. She has a different one. And so she wants to choose something for him. Huh. I don't always understand why she wants to choose this. But uh, just for the sake of not arguing before we go out of the house, she said, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> you want him to wear this? Okay. So I have learned uh, to, to just say, hey, babe, what do you want him to wear? Whatever she chooses, that's fine with me. You know? <laughs> yeah, you choose to let that situation go right yeah. some things are are not worth the battle i think someone told me once like uh, you have to choose what battles you want to fight and 
the battle of the, your kids' clothes is not something that you're going to stand on a hill and, and argue to the end, right? Mm-hmm. And so in those moments, it, it it's, I think, with prayer and talking with friends maybe in a situation, maybe mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself, is that battle really worth fighting, you know? Or is it okay to accommodate? All right. Um, I think all of us know this word, compromise. Uh, what is compromise? That's like lose-lose situation. Like, <laughs> no one wins, you know? Um I think we all come to a point in life when we have to compromise on certain issues. Yeah. Um, thinking of um, relationships, you know, mm-hmm. hot topic. <laughs> relationships. Um, you are in a relationship with someone. You don't always believe the same thing. Let's just say maybe it's faith related. Right? Uh-huh. You don't have the same faith. Um, but because you want to keep the relationship going on, you just... Compromise. compromise certain you're, things, right? John Matthew was looking at me. He was like, you're going to answer the word. I was like, what? This guy is too funny. Yeah. So many, many of us go through that, you know, and, and we choose that, that that solution because it it's more comfortable maybe. Mm. You don't have to deal with any issue. Mm, mm, so I just mm, let mm. it slide. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also think of it like, half win half win oh <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 i mean it, you know like it if you think that winning fully is the goal then of course both people lose but mm. there's this kind of like oh yeah yeah i win a bit you win a bit you know but i want to touch on what you were talking about when it comes to relationships mm. um when's the point where we don't compromise <laughs> <laughs> i just we just use on the relationships example i just want to you know kind of keep going along that train of thought i, I always say uh, for people who are in a relationship i'm not saying i'm the expert here yeah right? yeah, yeah that's okay. fine i'm just sharing my own opinions but um i think before we get into any relationship we need to have principles uh-huh. we need to have things we stand on like it's just there you don't you don't move on that one you just keep it and, and so um most of the time, we don't think about those principles we get before we get into a relationship. Yeah, right? like oh, she's beautiful. We're all into it, and uh-huh. boom, we're in a relationship. Okay, right. now we have to deal with what comes out of the relationship. And so, um, I think it's better to know before you enter the relationship what are your principles mm. and when you know that it's easier to know when you shouldn't com- you shouldn't compromise but yeah. if you don't have a principle and you are trying to form one in the relationship then you're gonna have a hard time finding where to stop mm. and you know this is not an episode just on dating but <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, those, those are important points and i think we can apply that concept to life right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in life we need to form principles some things that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we can't compromise on, mm-hmm. right? And so then when situations like ethical situations arise, right? Um, I'm sure as a chaplain, um, you know, people have opened up to you about things and it, 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 mm. it has its difficulties. And, and what do you do in those situations? You know, you have to ask yourself, is this, is this a value I should compromise on or not? You know, it's, yeah. this, is, this, is, this is a good like, principle for life. Um, all right, let's uh, keep going. Uh, let's talk about um, collaboration. So what's uh, collaboration? Working together. Working together to, to, to achieve a certain goal. Uh, we may not have the same 
ways of doing it. Uh, I may prefer pushing the cart. You may prefer pulling the cart. But as long as the cart gets somewhere, ah, right? Ah, 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 and, and, but it takes more effort because uh, I, I, I really love collaborating with people because yeah. I think that's the beauty of working with human beings. Everyone, like you said in the beginning, we all have our own ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. We all have different uh, uh, ways of, of doing things. And so allowing someone to do as they see fit yeah, so that we can get to the same goal I think that's where collaboration comes in. Mm-hmm. It, it is very difficult because I think it's better to pull it. No, it should be pushed. Uh-huh. You know, so you have to somehow, there's, there's an element of compromise there as well. You have to let go of some of your ground for someone else to step in and they have to do the same thing. And mm-hmm. that's when collaboration comes in. I want to build on your analogy. You want to push the cart. I want to pull on the cart. How about you push and I pull? Ha. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is very, very simple analogy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like you said, collaboration, I think, is the hardest one because um, it requires the most work. It it requires, let's say, I I realize this, the bigger the team, the harder it is to make a decision. True. Right? That's true. Because like right now we're in a sitting in a room where it's like, what? 12, 13, like those boardroom meetings, mm-hmm. right? So the moment we add more people into a room and we say, what do you think on an issue? Oh. Everybody's going to have a different <laughs> thought. Yes. And that's why like governments have a hard time making decisions because you have a lot more people in the room <laughs> versus a dictator. It's just what this is, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, yeah, collaboration is hard. And I think it's not something that you use all the time. It's some, I, I prefer collaborating, but... Mm. You have to remind yourself, do you have the time? Uh, yes, T- time is a big issue, right. especially in collaboration. Time is a very big issue. Um, like, I just give a practical example. Like, we prepare programs most of the time in chaplaincy here. And so you will give time for the students to prepare <laughs> something. But then towards the end, they haven't actually prepared anything. So as a lead chaplain, you have to tell them, this is what we are doing. There's no more collaboration there, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I love collaborating with people because then you get to see how creative they are. Right. Yeah. Uh, For the nursing students listening to this, uh, Chaplain Matthew just called you out, so... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he's being real, okay? This is good. Let's, let's just be real here. Um, I like that example because I think it ties into the last one, mm-hmm. um, competition, or like the concept of competition, right? Mm-hmm. When you said like, okay, this is how it's going to be done, right? Because in that point, now they, they have to listen to you. They, they lose, you win, right? So why or how can that approach be helpful sometimes in conflict? Hmm. Competition is, um, it, it's more like when a person in authority tells you, this is what you need to do, right? And you, you don't get to discuss. So yeah. you lose, I win, right? Um, many times it happens with students. Like I had this case where the, the, the student was, uh, I would say, they were having conflicts. They were having a difficult time dealing with each other. Yeah. And so they came to me and uh, I had to go t- teach a class. Like, you know, 
you you would love to spend time listening to all that they have to say and all this. Da, 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 da. When I have the time, I do that. But there are times when I can't. So I have to quickly make a move. And so this is really bad, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> so I listen and see through what's the problem and quickly tell the person, you need to apologize to this one because you are wrong. I have to tell you in your face, you know, it, it's, it's really Ooh, it's, it's harsh, but you have to do super it. Super blunt. Yeah, you have to do it. Like, you need to apologize. Why? Many times people in the conflict don't see what could be the potential of their relationship. Uh, this is what I'm trying to say. They may be having issues right now, but then you see them from, a, from an outsider's perspective and you know they can be a great team. Yeah. But because they are so conceited, they don't see how they can actually work together. Yeah. So in that moment, I, I have to take the move like, hey, you guys stop that. You stop that. You apologize. And I've done it a couple of times. Many times it comes out great. It comes out really great. Now I have teams of people that are working together. Hmm. But previously the way, like on each other's throat, you know, neck, just strangling each other. Type yeah. Of thing. yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think it gets handy in, in times like that. Hmm. I, I remember also hearing that out of these five conflict styles, right, uh, mm. that we talked about, everyone seems to have a preferred one. Um, and I want to reassure everyone that mm -hmm. non, not one of them is, is inherently bad, mm. but it's a matter of when you apply them. Right? And so that's why we talked about different situations. And hopefully that, that will be helpful for you as you think about, you know, conflict situations in your life. Um, I want to talk about an example because I think when we bring up specific examples, then we can learn from those situations and then we can use them in our daily lives. So let's break down this situation that I kind of made up, um, but it happens actually. Uh, let's say you have a friend that you consider one of your closest friends and you've shared a lot of secrets to him in confidence, you know, like your deepest, darkest stuff, your fears, whatever, the bad things you've done. Uh -huh. And let's say this friend, let's say this friend of mine is Chapel Matthew, okay? Leaks this information to the public. Uh, how do we approach this person? Which one? Sorry, so, so as in, I, I made the analogy really bad. So let's just say a friend of yours, not someone in this room, were to leak the information that you said to mm -hmm. them, right? Mm -hmm. How would you approach that person who just betrayed your trust? Oh, um, it has actually happened to me before. And every time I think of it, it it's it's a painful experience, you know? Yeah. It, 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 it really hurts. Um, I many, uh, for long, I, long I, I avoided the person. So I use the avoidance thing, right? I avoided <laughs> the person. I yeah. didn't talk to them for some time. And, uh, but then I came to a point where I realized it's, there's no point in avoiding the person because whenever I, I will have to see you, like, yeah. I have to see you. So will I keep avoiding? Will I keep avoiding you all the time? Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to approach the person and, and talk about it. Yeah. Right. I don't know where actually that fits in this five different... No, it's okay. Just just talk about how you approached it. I'm just curious. I, I'm i type of a direct person. So 
very direct. I just <laughs> went to the person. I said, hey, I wanted to talk about something. Yeah. Uh, I know I told you this. And I know it couldn't have come out from anyone else. So only you could have leaked this information. Yeah. Right? Um, why did you have to do that to me? Hmm. And then dealing with people, you realize that people are not always uh, willing to hurt you. It's not on purpose. Hmm. They were just talking with some people and decided, you know, when you're in the, the moment, you want to be like the one who has most information, the one who knows best than everyone else. Yeah. And so they were just, oh, I have this information about this person. And he leaked out the information. Um, the damage it caused, yes, for sure, the damage is there. But now what was important is my relationship with that person. Hmm. You could have decided that's the end. Like, what's the point of dealing with someone I can't trust with my stuff? Yeah. But um, one thing I learned from my older brother is this. In any relationship, you, you keep 40% for yourself and you give 60% to the other person. What I'm trying to say is you trust the person 60%, but you keep 40 for cushion, just in case they, <laughs> they do something. Ah, and interesting. You have a cushion to, to, to fall back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I use that technique, but <laughs> it has its perks, you know. Yeah, it's a good analogy. Uh, maybe I'll just throw another analogy for us. Um, you know, I think there's three types of people, and I read this in a book, so I'm not going to you know take this idea uh there are people like let's imagine that i as a person as everything that i am and what i know and you know i'm a house okay hmm. so there are three types of boundaries uh number one there's no fence there's so so basically i let anyone into my house right so it's like the hundred percent that's really dangerous because <laughs> someone's gonna ruin the house someone's gonna eat all the food certainly <laughs> yeah okay I'll, yeah anyways here's the, another analogy uh the house is surrounded by a big tall 30 foot wall mm. surrounds the whole thing so it's like a castle no one can get in that's a problem too uh -huh. because then you know i think as humans we are built for connection you know that it it is meant for us not just to be alone. Not even just to be alone with God. There's an element of connection that we all need. And mm -hmm. so when we put up walls, we, we, we maybe we won't get hurt, but we won't have that connection that we all need. Then there's the fence. The fence around our property that, okay, maybe I'll let them into this part of the house, but I won't let them into the master bedroom just let you know what i'm saying like yeah. that's why you said the 60 40 thing that that's yeah. what brought up to mind right because i think at some point i have a few people in my life that know 100 percent, but most people know because it's not really appropriate or you know like you said there's an element where that has to be earned mm -hmm. so you want to add anything to that or um I, I, I think of it as a, as a circle. Right? There's, a, there's the expression circle of friends. Mm. Um, I, I have those that are in the inner circle. Yeah. And they are very few. Very yeah. few. And, um, and then there are those that are in the circle. I'm a people's person, so I have a lot of friends everywhere. <laughs> Take me to a country, I can probably tell you, oh, I know someone in this country. Right? Um, 
but not all of them know me at the degree those few people in my inner circle know. Yeah. And I do that for a purpose because you, you, you need to have um, that element of um, mystery around you. Hmm. Um, this is going to sound really weird, but listen, guys, even God is, has this mystery around him. You that don't is know, true. You yeah. don't know everything about God. Yeah. And, and so I, I think it's, it has its value to keep some things that are just for you, for God, mm. and for few people only. Few people. I like that analogy. That's a very good analogy. Um, let's just, uh, another example. Um, let's say you're the one receiving the criticism. Okay, let's just say you were the one that, you know, told the... I was the one that told Pastor Matthew's secrets to everyone. I wasn't, by the way, but I'm just, just <laughs> as if I did, right? So uh-huh. if you, we, we are this person that did the wrong or whatever, how do we receive constructive criticism without getting defensive? It won't always be constructive, by the way. Okay, good point. Let's start with from there. Yeah. Uh, so, because you hurt someone, so you're going to get it really bad, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um but because you, you, that's when humility comes in. You have to be able to realize your mistakes. You have to be able to man up to it. I have done the wrong, so I should be able to cope with the consequences. That's yeah. how it is. Many people don't know how to do that. They become very defensive, mm. even though they are in the wrong. That's why it's wrong. Why do you think people get defensive? Ego is one big part. Um, pride is there. Yeah. Um, not wanting to look dumb. Ah, status. Oh yeah, it, it is very important. Mm. So in there's this thing about people say saving the face, ah. saving the face. I don't want to lose face. That's very important to people. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons why people become defensive, mm. even though they are in the wrong. Let's say someone listening to the podcast can resonate with those. You know things those struggles how, how can we move from a space of being defensive the moment you know we hear criticism and and try to listen and understand when you have done something wrong it is um very important to first process what you have done mm. before you get hit by the consequences so we have to move fast in life. Many times we don't have so much time to process what went wrong. Hmm. But if you get in the habit of it, it actually happens very fast. Yeah. You have done something wrong, you think about it, process, oh, I have done this wrong. The moment you realize you have done something wrong, then you, you are opening yourself up for, or bracing for impact. For sure, someone is going to come at you. Yeah. When they do, it's, I learned this from Pastor Ryan Ashlock, very powerful pastor. Mm. He told me, there are times, Matthew, you just need to sit on your hands, bite your lips, and shut up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it, it works. It works. It's so, so hard, though. It's hard, but you just keep quiet. Just bite your lips if you want to say something. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that's it. It works. Very simple, but it works. <laughs> Definitely a way to approach things. And, you know, when, when we receive criticism, like we said, it's, it's difficult. 
because I think in general, most people have good intentions in general. And so when someone questions that or puts that on the line, it, it hurts, you know, but sometimes taking the high road and, and saying nothing and absorbing it and, oh, sorry, I wanted to go back to what you were talking about processing. Mm. Um, so important. I, I agree with you because that's why I find the discipline about daily devotional so important mm -hmm. because um, I know we had an earlier episode about this, but this is a good point to make. Um, daily devotionals allow time for you to process. Like it's intentional space in the morning where you're like, oh God, like, I don't know. What was that all about like yesterday? Did, did I really do the right thing? You know, and if we practice that discipline every day, it's not just about reading two chapters of the Bible and, mm -hmm. and, and saying yes. a 30 second prayer. Maybe it takes like 30 minutes of just like, God, oh, I don't know, man. How did that, how that situation, was that the right thing? Maybe looking up Bible examples, looking online, like how do I deal with that? You know, was that the right way to deal with it? So for that, I, I have one example that comes up to mind. Um, uh, this, this was back in the Philippines. I, I had a very close friend and uh, um, we had an argument. Something happened, right? Mm. I won't disclose all the, all the details, but we had an argument. Something happened. And I went ahead and, and kind of cut her out of my life completely, just left her on the outs outside, just there, right? I can be rough sometimes. Eh? Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> yes. So that, that, that's, that's what happened. And for, for many months, mm. I'm telling you, months, it, it, it took me months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not realize that. So one morning I was just doing my devotion. You know, you can think like everything's fine. But then I read the verse oh. that hit me right in the face. Oh. Like, Whoa. And her image came out to my mind. I was like, oh, what did I do? Yeah. For several months. Imagine. So that time was, she, she also didn't know what was happening. She didn't know uh, what she actually did. So I, I, I called her immediately. Uh. You know, that's, that's one thing very important. Processing happened, like you said, in the, in the morning time, spending time with God. It happened. It was so vivid. Mm. I knew God wanted me to fix that. So yeah. I called her up and she didn't, she didn't have a clue why I just decided to ghost her. Yes. Yeah. So we had to fix it. It took time to fix it. I guess I'm still fixing it. But hey, processing happened during those times. Hmm. Amen. That's a great example. Um, I want to push another example that's kind of gray, you know, because we talked about uh, you confronting someone that did wrong, then uh, you receiving. Let's say someone confronts you and they say, oh, you know, you're very arrogant and proud. And they say these things, but like, you don't really think you are like how do how do we determine if if criticism is is valid like how much truth is into that or is it just them you know what i'm saying like uh, uh -huh. it gets kind of gray i, I want to hear your thoughts um if you hear from five people be sure something is wrong with you because <laughs> you know everyone can see the same thing about you you know yeah there is if you hear it more than five times, you surely know something is up. You need to evaluate yourself. Okay. Uh, it's always important to eva evaluate yourself, even if you don't hear any criticism. Yeah. Um, but how do you know something is uh, valid? Yes. Criticism. Well, this is how I will, I will do it. 
You tell me, oh, you're so arrogant, da 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 da. Okay, I'm a bit hurt. We may argue on the point, <laughs> the spot there. But um, after that, I will go and ask. I'm the type of person who is very introspective. Yeah. I will go and ask, uh, ask someone else that I trust to see if they actually think the same way. Yeah. You know, maybe they have never voiced it out. Mm. Now I give them the platform to do it so. You know, mm. if they do, they confirm, then I, I will find a way of fixing it. You mm. know, I'll find help or whatever. But if they say, some of, some of our friends are like the ones who reaffirm you like, oh no, who said that? That's nonsense. Da, 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 da. You know, nice friends, but sometimes it's good to tell people the truth as well. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you get, uh, you get uh, to hear from different people. That's what I'll do. Mm. And, um, and perhaps just in the Bible also you find some, you read some passages and try to see yourself in the light of those passages. Mm. Does this Holy Spirit tell you you actually are arrogant? Mm. You know, we may compare ourselves to other people, it's fine. But when you compare yourself in the light of the Word of God, then you actually see who you are. And uh, it's very important to do that, you know. Yeah. yeah. So the Word of God. I want to add on that because we talked about the inner circle earlier. Mm. And I think this is a great function of the inner circle. True. Because the people in my inner circle, I, I resonate with you. I have, I have four, right? And I, I have three. Oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a competition, Matthew. <laughs> you just wanted to put out the number there. Can I? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, I, I trust them because if something like this were to come up, right? Mm. I'll bring it up to them and say, is it, is it real? And I, and I can be sure that they will be honest with me. Mm-hmm. Because maybe I'm not arrogant all the time, but maybe in that moment I was arrogant. right? Because sometimes we take the criticism and we say, that's me? No, it's not me. It's not all of me. right? We, we mm-hmm. can take it and overblow it. Yeah. But there are certain situations where we mess up. That's life, right? Yeah. And and I think another perspective will just help maybe give light to the situation. Be like, mm-hmm. okay, you're getting a little too emotional about this. I'm an emotional guy, by the way, in case you Aww. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pastor Matthew just changed. He just started thinking of me like a little baby. Like, oh, baby Gerald's so emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like so I let my emotions get carried away at times. And that's why it's helpful for my friends to, you know, clear the... Clear mm-hmm. the emotions. Yeah, that that maybe wasn't a good situation. So, yeah, um, man, I enjoyed this conversation. Oh, me fun. too. Um, yeah, we have conversations like this in the calf. So if you want to join us in Penang Avenue Hospital, <laughs> if you want to fly over, <laughs> <laughs> um, before we uh, end this uh, show, uh, Chapel Matthew, can you just give uh, our listeners some last bits of advice as they and we continue on our faith journey? Time with God um, is, is, is very important. I was telling a student the other day uh, that, um, I don't know why I'm bringing this up here now, but it's something okay. that's coming up to mind. I wanted yeah. to share with uh, the listeners. Um, repentance is turning back. And I love the story of uh, the prodigal son. Mm. Because the Bible mentions that when the father saw him coming back, the father ran to him. 
I don't know if I'm being no, 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 yeah, that's heretical that's right now. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, the moment you make a turn, the moment you realize that I need God in my life or I have been so far, I want to change something. It can be a conflict, it can be a problem. The moment you realize you want to fix it, mm. that means you have turned. Mm. And from that time on, God has seen you turn. He runs to us. It's mm. always it's so it's so great. I love knowing that God runs to us. And what do, what does He do? He walks with us for the rest of the way until Ooh. we get to our destination. Yeah. So, hey, turn to God. Even if it's just a little bit, turn to Him. Mm. He's willing to walk with you all the way. Amen. Um, let's uh, let's stand up for prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Chapel Matthew, thank you so much for your time. You're um, welcome. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm just so excited and happy to be here with you. So uh, thanks for being part of the show. Thank you for having me. Well, it was such a pleasure interviewing Chaplain Matthew, and I hope you were able to glean something from this conversation for yourself. I realized that this conversation could have brought up more questions to you in regards to conflict. So please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook or on Instagram, Our Faith Journey Podcast, or you can email me at ourfaithjourneypodcast at gmail.com. I'll be more than happy to hear your thoughts and questions regarding this episode or just anything in general. And if you also follow the podcast Instagram, I'll be posting a question box on the Instagram story on Saturdays for my US listeners and Sundays for my Asian listeners. If you ask a question there, I will respond to you with a video message posted to the Instagram story. And don't worry, you'll be kept anonymous. So that's how it works. <laughs> well, if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe or follow this show on whatever podcast player you are using. And if so, you can receive new episodes every week for free. Yeah, this is a, just a resource for you. And I want to give these conversations to you to help you grow with your relationship with God. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, think about someone in your life that might appreciate this message and share this podcast episode with them. Like I said earlier, this podcast is a resource, not just for you, but also to help others grow their relationships with God. Well, next week, we continue our series on the outer life by talking about setting limits. And my guest next week is someone my U.S. audience might know, Chaplain Kevin Strain. Uh, chaplain Kevin is the chaplain at La Sierra University, my former college in California, and he's also an amazing worship musician. His guitar skills are <laughs> next level. Honestly, man, he just blows my mind. But more importantly, his love for God is palpable. And I think he brings some good insight into how to set healthy limits. You don't want to miss this next episode. As always, remember the words of the great Beth Moore, to God our journey is just as important as our destination. God bless and see you next time.